following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Hello, 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 folks, and welcome to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. I'm your Joe. I'm your host. I'm not your Joe. I'm your host, Joe Luca, and we are here every Tuesday evening from 6.05 to 7 p.m. on WNRI 99.9 on the FM dial 1380 on the AM dial. And you can also catch us on Facebook Live as well as WNRI.com. We are going to be taking calls this evening. Uh, if you have questions, 401-769-0600 in the 401 area code or 1-800-949-9674 if you are outside of the 401 area code. A little about me. I work with my partner, Don Morano, on the Luca and Morano team at Remax Preferred. We have offices in North Providence, Rhode Island. We also have an office in Smithfield and Cumberland and Annex offices in Pawtucket and North Smithfield. <clears throat> Don and I are mar- excuse me, married. We are uh, licensed in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, and we work with buyers and sellers of res- residential and commercial real estate. We are partners in business. Um, and, uh, you know, she has a marketing, the marketing savvy and understanding so that we are, uh, we're more effective in our advertising and marketing. And um, I've been in the business uh, longer and I uh, have a very good understanding of the market. And I try to share that information with you, my listeners and viewers on Facebook Live. And if you have questions, you can certainly chime in on Facebook or call in, as I said, 7690600 or 1-800-949-9674. Because this evening, one of the things I want to be to discuss is I want to go over landlord-tenant law. And why I want to go over this is because, <clears throat> you know, nowadays the market has been very risk, I think we could say. And many times uh, when looking at multifamily properties, there are tenants in place. And even if it's a single family property, there may be a tenant in place. And so that allows for a lot of uh, questions on behalf of landlords and tenants or prospective landlords, buyers, jeepers. What happens if I take these, if I buy this property with these tenants in place? How long do I have to keep then? What, what do I do if there is a problem with their tenancy? Okay. Um, you know, these are the things that um, some of the many questions that uh, consumers have. And I want to go over some of them. Um, and again, I am not an attorney. This is not legal advice. This is a real estate show. So this is basically just informational purposes. Uh, I'm getting the verbiage I'm going to quote is directly from the uh, landlord-tenant law from the state of Rhode Island. So it will be similar in other states. 
but it certainly is not verbatim in other states, okay? Um, <clears throat> so bear it in mind, if you are not in Rhode Island and you have questions on the landlord-tenant law in your state, you want to speak with an attorney or uh, at the very least, speak with a realtor who has experience with that. But realtors know real estate. We do not know the law. We are not licensed in most cases. Um, we are not licensed to give legal advice. <clears throat> okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is an undelivered, unsigned rental agreement. What does that mean? If someone, if the landlord gives you a, a lease agreement... Let's say you're living there and you have a new landlord and the landlord does not sign and deliver a written rental agreement to you as tenant and acceptance of rent without reservation by the landlord gives a rental agreement the same effect as if it had been signed and delivered by the landlord. Okay, so if they give you a blank lease agreement and you collect rent after having reviewed that or had the opportunity to review that, acceptance of rent without reservation from the landlord gives a rental agreement the same effect as, it, as if it had been signed. So that means it is enforceable against the landlord and the tenant. Now, of course, if something happened and one of the parties decided to litigate, all bets are off because once the attorneys get involved, they could probably find a reason to litigate. All right, if the tenant does not sign and deliver a written rental agreement signed and delivered to, the, to him or her by the landlord, the acceptance and possession and payment of rent without reservation gives this rental agreement the same effect as if the tenant had signed it. Okay. So those are two things to bear in mind um, if that has happened to you. You know, you're a landlord and you give a lease agreement to a tenant, to a tenant who is in place already. Bear that in mind. Okay. Now, there are prohibited provisions in rental agreements. A rental agreement may not provide that the tenant agrees to waive or forego rights or remedies in, in uh, the lease. Uh, it may not authorize any person to confess judgment on a claim arising out of the rental agreement. Uh, it may not provide that the tenant pr agree to pay the landlord's attorney's fees inconsistent with this particular chapter of the, uh, of the law. And they may not provide that the tenant agree to exculpate or limit any liability of the landlord arising under the law. Okay. So essentially, the rental agreement, the lease, is exactly what it says. It's nothing more, nothing can be added into it, which would be unnecessarily, unnecessar unnecessarily unfair to the tenant. Okay. And since leases are typically generated by the landlord for all the purpose for the purposes of this discussion tonight and my examples we're referring to a landlord's lease a tenant doesn't give the landlord a lease okay all right so um a provision prohibited by subsection a that's what we just read in a rental agreement is unenforceable 
Okay. If the landlord deliberately uses a rental agreement containing provisions known to be prohibited, the tenant may recover in addition to the actual damages and amount of up to three months rent and reasonable attorney fees. Okay. Uh, rent Receipt of rent free of maintenance obligations forbidden. A rental agreement, assignment, conveyance, trust deed, or security instrument may not permit the receipt of rent free of the obligation to comply with the section, okay, uh, which is landlording maintaining the premises. So if a landlord gives you free rent, that is not an excuse for the landlord to not maintain the property. Okay, we'll get to that section in a little bit. Security deposits. A landlord may not demand or receive a security deposit in an amount or value in excess of one month's periodic rent. Okay, so if the monthly rent is $1,600, when you start, your security deposit will equal an amount of not more than $1,600. Upon termination of the tenancy, when the tenant is moving out, the amount of security deposit due to the tenant shall be the entire amount given to the t- uh, by the tenant as a security deposit minus any unpaid accrued rent, uh, the amount due for any reasonable cleaning expenses, the amount due, if any, for reasonable trash disposal, repairs, etc. So let's say in our example, there was a $1,600 security deposit and the tenant moves out and the landlord goes in and inspects it and the carpet is all torn up and it wasn't that way when the tenant moved in and we know it wasn't that way because the landlord did an inspection with photographs of the property before the tenant moved in which I suggest all landlords and tenants and require be done to protect yourself whether you're the landlord or the tenant so the tenant the landlord goes in and sees the torn up carpet so he's like all right I have to replace the carpet and he gets a price of $600 to replace the carpet in that room. Well, the tenant would only receive, assuming there were no other issues, $1,000 of that $1,600 security deposit because there was damage that the landlord had to repair. Okay. Um, If the landlord fails to comply with that section above, the tenant may recover the amount due together with damages in an amount equal to twice the amount wrongfully withheld and reasonable with attorney fees. So let's say the landlord never gave, there were no issues, and let's say the landlord never gave the tenant back their $1,600 security deposit. The tenant could recover all of that money plus an additional amount because it's twice the amount wrongfully withheld and attorney's fees. So they would get $3,200 plus attorney fees. Okay. We're just going over highlights. I don't want to bore everyone and go read the actual laws. So we're going to go over the highlights of uh, some sections of the landlord-tenant law. And again, the purpose of my going over this is because tenants and landlords may have questions because houses are changing hands. And many times they're changing hands with tenants in place. Okay. We've had properties that, uh, you know, that we've sold and the buyers have said, we want the tenants out at the time of closing. Okay, so we had to make sure that the tenants were out at the time of closing. If the tenants remained in place, the question would be, okay, how much is their security deposit? What are they paying for rent? Is there a lease? 
How have they been paying their rent? On time or have they been late? Those are the types of questions uh, that a savvy home buyer would pay, would would ask if they were buying a house with tenants in place. All right. Um, Now, the commencement of the term, that's the beginning of, you know, a lease term. The landlord shall deliver possession of the tenant. Excuse me, I can't talk tonight. Premises to the tenant in compliance with the rental agreement. That means essentially how the space is described in the rental agreement, also known as the lease. That is the condition and the entirety of the space that the landlord will deliver to the tenant. Okay. The landlord may bring an action for possession against any person wrongly, wrongfully in possession and may recover damages provided. So if Jane Doe rents the apartment and Jane Doe doesn't move in and then John Doe lives there, that's a violation of the rental agreement. The landlord uh, can bring an action to regain possession of the property. All right. Now, here's one that's always very popular. Landlord to maintain premises. Okay, landlord shall comply with all requirements to, uh, for building and housing codes affecting health and safety. Make repairs and do whatever is necessary to keep the premises fit and in a habitable condition. You have to keep the common area of the premises in a clean and safe condition. Um, and on and on. There are several other points here. The, what, the point that I would like to make to tenants, if you think you have a landlord that's not doing a good job of maintaining the property and keeping it clean, let's say you're finding rodents because uh, the people next door are slobs. Let's say uh, the landlord isn't having the stairways cleaned, uh, not maintaining the driveway or the property, etc. Take photographs of everything, document everything, and then notify the landlord in writing. I know it's very easy to call up and complain, but you have a stronger case if you're doing it based on facts and you put it in writing, and so it doesn't come across as being an overly emotional reaction. Okay? The landlord and tenant of a dwelling may agree in writing that the tenant performs specified repairs to maintenance tasks, etc. Um, if the agreement of the parties is entered into, entered into in good faith and set forth in writing and signed by both parties. Okay. The work is not necessary to cure, to cure noncompliance with a building code. Uh, the agreement does not diminish or affect the obligation of the landlord to other tenants in the premises. So let's say you have a landlord that has a three-unit property. One of those tenants is really handy. Let's assume that the landlord is not very handy or lives far away. The landlord may come to an arrangement with the tenant that, hey, if anything goes wrong, if you could please document it, Mr. or Mrs. Handy Person, tenant, uh, Document the problems, let me know, and then I will give you the okay to remedy the problem so that you can fix it. It's important to, and whatever the arrangement is, and, you know, said I will give you, pay you at a rate of $25 an hour, or I'll charge you less rent so that you take care of these minor tasks. Usually what happens is people do not put this in writing, and the landlords may request that the tenant 
make all the small repairs. And then when they're not done in a timely manner or they're not done in a um, in an acceptable, acceptable uh, level of repair or quality of workmanship, the landlord gets upset and problems arise. Okay, Egos are wounded. That's why it's very important to put everything in writing. All right. Now, if there is a violation of the rental agreement by the tenant, okay, a landlord, when cited by a state or local minimum housing code enforcement agency for a housing code violation, has to repair that violation within 30 days. He has to deliver a copy of the violation to each tenant in the building um, unless within the 30-day period the landlord has corrected all the violations set forth in the notice of the violation to the satisfaction of the state or local minimum housing code enforcement agency. They need to communicate the violation and that it's being remedied to the tenants. Okay. A landlord needs to, prior to entering into an agreement, inform a prospective tenant of any outstanding minimum housing code violation. So if I'm a landlord and I have a tenant who's going to move into one of my rental units and I have a housing code violation because... Um, uh, let's say there's a broken window on the third floor. I need to point that out to the prospective tenant because the tenant might say, oh, how long has that window been broken? And I say, oh, about two months. They may decide not to move in. Okay. Folks, you're listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show right here on WNRI. Our phone number is 7690600 or 1-800-949-9674. If you have any questions about landlord tenant law if you have any experience or you are wondering what it would be like to be a landlord or a tenant if you're thinking of selling your home and uh, renting okay so the landlord has to comply with zoning and minimum housing laws okay um now something else and you know we're broadcasting from northern rhode island the great city of Woonsocket, which is on the border with massachusetts and there are many properties in each state that are owned by individuals in the other states so if you own a property in rhode island and you are from massachusetts or connecticut or any other state you are subject to a non-resident uh, landlord designation of an agent for service of process what does this mean if you're not a resident of Rhode Island, you need to have a con- and continuously maintain someone upon whom service can be made. Service could be made. So they could be notified of any notice or demand required by law. So let's say you live in Alaska and you own a property here in Woonsocket. Well, if a tenant has a, and actually we have a caller, we, if a tenant has a problem and they want to f- file a complaint, there has to be a local person who can receive that complaint, and that is the uh, agent, the designated agent. Okay, so let's see what we're going to do here. Okay, we're going to get a caller. Hello, caller. How's it going, my friend? How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, I, bo- I rented a commercial property yep. um, in 2019. Uh-huh. Uh, I bought the business off of the owner of the business. She was carrying out the lease from the prior landlord. So, okay, so hold on. So you, you bought a business that, from an individual, 
and that yep. individual had a lease with the previous owner of the building? With the, yes, sir. Okay. So I bought the business off of her. Um, I've been paying rent for three and a half years now. Okay. Um, I still haven't been able to do um, nothing with the building just because I, 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 you know, I, I caught the pandemic, but I paid my rent on time throughout yep. the whole pandemic. Mm -hmm. I paid my time on time last year and this year. Uh, um, he just texted me um, like this weekend. He said, oh, don't even worry about paying the rent this month. Uh, you're just going to live your deposit. Um, and I'm, I'm putting another tenant in there next month. So he, he's t he gave you notice this week that he's evicting you? Yeah, he just told me to not pay the rent is basically what he told me. Oh, don't pay the rent. You can just live your deposit this month. No, right. But it's normally when they... It's a commercial property, though. It's commercial. Right. So if he's telling you to use your, your deposit to, instead of paying your rent, that's usually equal to one month's rent, correct? Yes, sir. So he probably is expecting you not to be there the month after that. Yes, sir. So I don't have a lease. Right. Um, so now commercial, commercial, have, so you've been paying your rent on time. Have there been any other negative um, experiences right. between you and the landlord? Is he telling you, you know, you're making too much noise or you're... No, not at all. I don't even, I don't even frequent the location. I haven't frequented the location in years. I mean, I just love the location. It's in Providence. Yep. Um, I originally wanted to put a deli there. Uh -huh. He agreed to it. Um, so what is the business that's there now? It, um, there's nothing there right now. It was uh, it used to be a uh, protein shake. Bar. Okay, all right, okay. So you bought a protein shake business, yep. and then you were paying the rent um, while the protein shake business was open, and then during COVID, the business went belly up. Exactly. Yes, okay. Sir. So now you're still paying rent on a space that's vacant. Yes, sir. Okay. And the landlord, so, I mean, it sounds like he, he, he you know, uh, landlords typically would rather not properties be vacant because it can devalue the property. Um, yeah. It can also, you know, you know, be uh, a magnet for crime or other issues like that if it's not occupied. Yeah. So I, I would suggest, you know, the big thing is communicate. You know, and say, listen, I, you know, I want to get another business in there or something going or, you know, maybe you can um, find someone, you know, to buy what's left of your your business. Um, I mean, you say you love the location. Why 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 do you keep paying rent on a location that's empty? Are you using it for like even storage or anything like that? No. And I, I mean, I have um, I have some materials that I bought, like wood in there and the uh -huh. bathroom stuff. And I mm -hmm. do have things in there but not for storage or anything just the pieces i was going to put in place for the business yep so do you have do you i mean do you you want you had mentioned you had you want you were thinking about doing another business there i mean is that uh something that would happen in the foreseeable future or is it kind of yes yes okay. i i want to or at least i want to be able i just don't want him because i bought that business um, right i just don't want them to just kick me out and you know i mean yeah. I don't have a lease, so... Yeah, so the part that stinks is, right, so now the lease that she had with the previous owner, when did that lease expire? Um, 2020. Okay, yeah, so that lease is done, and then because you're not open, that probably would have been a violation of the of the rental agreement anyway. Um, but I would suggest, uh, you know, 
get the landlord on the phone, having you know, meet him, meet him in person, preferably, and just say, "Hey, this is what my game plan is, and you know what I want to do, and see how." Can they just get me out of there legally? Yeah, yeah, he can. You know, commercial leases are different than residential leases, and again, I am not an attorney, but um, I, in my professional experience, you know, they can. It's not a place of you know that you sleep in. It's not a residence, so it, the the laws are can be a lot more swift to get people out. They can just come. Basically, I mean, if, especially if you, now you've been paying your rent, um, but if you hadn't been, they can just change the locks, and that's it. Um, but even he, it, you know, he gave you adequate notice. You don't have a lease, so standard is you get thirty days notice. So if you want to be able to stay in there after next month you need to uh, get something in writing from him and you know i would suggest communicate with him and meet with him in person okay thank you very much okay. my friend you're very well thank, thank you bye-bye thank you sir bye. hello caller thank you very much for calling how can i help you hey, hey joe this is jim williams listen you know you've got a great topic going on and it really hits um it really uh, hits a chord with me. Uh-huh. Um, maybe I maybe I could tap into your brain for some uh, uh, professional expertise <laughs> okay, as so. far as the tenant side sure. is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've lived in this place, uh, this building. It's a fifteen apartment unit for the past almost decade. Okay, so I mean, so it's, it's, my, it's, there were fifteen units in the building. Yeah, there's, okay. there's four one room units, and the rest are full apartments. Okay. And uh, unfortunately, my landlord, Paul Adsfors, he passed away mm-hmm. uh, back in October. Okay. And uh, his friend Kathy took over, and she's been doing okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it's been it, it, it's been quite. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. I'm not going to use the H E double two thick words, but right. that's <laughs> that's what it's been. Sure. Uh, now everything's um, you know she sold the house. I met the, the landlord mm-hmm. for maybe the new landlord supposedly right. yep. for not not even two minutes. Yep. Um, and uh, then what Kathy did was she had us all sign a lease. That was all status quo. Right. You know, the landlord pays utilities. Mm-hmm. I pay whatever. I pay for my rent. Uh, but so do you, do you think she knows something I don't? About I, no, well, I, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe, uh, but um, you know, if you don't, if you didn't have a lease, the new landlord. Let's say, and we're just gonna, you know, talk, talk, uh, you know, speculatively. Let's say the new landlord comes in. Let's say you're paying eight hundred dollars a month in rent, and the fair market value, or fair market rent for that apartment is twelve hundred dollars. So the landlord's like, hey, you know what? Let me get this guy out of here. I want to make twelve an extra four hundred bucks a month. So he'll give you thirty days notice, or she would give you thirty days notice. You have to get out unless you well, want to well, pay twelve hundred bucks. That's without well, a lease. Well, so now, if the, well, if this well, woman Kathy is giving you a lease and saying, "Okay, sign a lease," now you can look over that lease and you can see what what the rent is, how much you're going to have to pay, and mm-hmm. any other terms. So, you know, if let's say. Your rent previously included heat and hot water and, and electricity. And you're looking at this and it's like, now it's the same rent, but they're not including that. It's like, hmm, all right, you need to make a decision. Um, well, well my rent went up, well, my rent went up three times in the past six months. Three um, times, and, okay. 
Yeah, three times. But I'm not going to put it on. I'm not going to put it on Kathy because everything's going up. Energy costs, taxes, everything. Right. You name it, it's going up. So yeah. I'm not going to put that on her. Right. But um, my my uh, affair is mm-hmm. okay. What's this? He, number one, he's not going to get $1,200 a month. He wants an empty building to... Well, I, I, was, I, I have known nothing about your place. I mean, it could be, you know... I, I was just using round numbers, okay, just to make a point. I mean, it could be 1500 and 2000 It could be 500 and 1000 whatever the numbers are. Without well, a well, lease, well, without a lease, you don't have any protection. So, in other words, I know. Your, rent, your rent went up six times in the past three months. If It, it could continue to go up if you don't have a lease. If well, you, yeah, basically, basically, she took us out of a month-to-month uh, yeah. deal mm-hmm. and, and locking us in it, which is a smart move. Right? She wants to protect the people that live here. Right. I think that's a, that was a smart move. But uh, let me give you uh, the, the location, Arnold Street. You're going to get 1200 bucks a month on Arnold Street? Wait, yeah, I know. Wait, forget about the number $1,200 a month. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just, yeah, I just was talking numbers, at, you know, relatively speaking, um, for the for the sake of an example. You know, so but whatever the number is, and I don't want to ask you know what your rent is, but if you if you can continue to pay the rent with a lease, that means your rent will not go up for the term of that lease. Mm, okay, good, good, so good. that's that's a good thing, you know. And they, but you just need to when you're looking at the lease, make sure that you read it over in its entire entirety before you sign anything. Oh, and, oh, I read it all. I mean, I I read it like you know, my dad always told me, Jim. Read the fine print. Yeah. Never put your signature on anything right. unless you read that fine print. And I went through it, and I, you know, I initialed everything. It was all mm-hmm. basically status quo. It's what I've been doing for the past almost decade, sure. basically. Yep. But she's locking us into an agreement mm-hmm. that um, uh, that uh, you know we pay so much a month. Yeah. You know, it, the utilities protect, can be pay- protects you so that your rent doesn't go up and you don't all of a sudden have to start paying, you know, sharing a gas bill with the three tenants down the hall because you're on the same boiler. You know, you'll, <laughs> yeah. if, I mean, maybe you do that already, but at least you'll know about it. It's not going to change. Um, you know, and, that, and then from the landlord's perspective, the landlord knows, all right, I've got 15 tenants. They're paying this much money every month. They're going to be here for the next 12 months. That's good because landlords don't anything in real estate surprises are not good okay i don't care if you're a tenant a landlord a buyer or a seller when there's a surprise that has to do with real estate 99 times out of 100 it's not a good surprise so if you can reduce the chances of surprises that's a good thing so the fact that you know this this property manager named kathy is getting you to sign a lease for and it's also you know it's not like she's doing it without the landlord's knowledge or consent i mean everybody is in agreement Probably. Well, well, she well, well, she sold already sold the building, and the person that I guess there are some real estate agency in uh, in Boston or mm-hmm. something, but uh, but yeah, yeah, I think what she did was a good thing. I mean, I don't think uh, you know, especially when you when you're dealing with real estate agencies right. like that or property managers, they're going to buy a building to empty it out and not have zero income. You don't buy rental property mm-hmm. realistically; any human wouldn't anyway uh, to get a zero income on it. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I mean, you might as well just knock the building down, put up a parking lot. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes it depends. I mean, sometimes, you know, if you have someone, an investor, and they're looking at a building that is falling apart and the quality of tenants, they're not paying rent, they're trashing the apartments, they may go in there and say, listen, I want to get rid of all these tenants and then I'm going to redo all the units and make it 
brand new again, you know, completely re remodel everything so we can get a better quality tenant in here. And this building mm. will <clears throat> be better for the neighborhood, better for the street, better for the city because it will look better. It'll have more value and uh, it'll be a better quality of life for everyone. And, you know, that, that's what we all want is good quality of life. Well, well, fortunately, uh, you know, I can I can attest that almost all the tenants in here, mm -hmm. uh, the, the bad ones, she kicked out early. Okay, <laughs> okay. yeah. Okay, she That's got good. rid of those, like, you know, and then she's keeping good tenants like, like myself and my mm -hmm. friend Roland and all, a bunch of other people. Right. So, uh, well, I, I really appreciate your uh, opinions on this because I, you know, I, sure. I, I, I was looking all over the place mm -hmm. because my situation, my landlord's passed away, right. taken over by someone else. Now it's another person's going to take it over. Mm -hmm. And I really hate to see this building go downhill. Yeah. I really do. I love living here. Oh, that's good. It's a, it's a great building, but yeah. you know, it, it, like when I said Arnold Street, yeah. well, <laughs> you can see how things can go badly fast. Oh, sure. So yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this new landlord, whoever they may be, mm -hmm. uh, actually is not going to be one of these absentee landlords. So how long ago did they take on. ownership? Well, I I met in the all but two minutes. Of a, of a new, uh, talking to this guy when he inspected my apartment. Yep. Um, it was about three months ago, but okay. it hasn't finalized yet. So it's still working on uh, hmm. on the closing on it. So. Oh, so okay. So he he has it under contract. He hasn't purchased it yet. Okay. Well, right. I don't, you know honestly, I, I don't know if he's purchased it or not. But okay. <laughs> it's I, it sounds like that's the case. Uh -huh. so. All right. That's well, thanks, Joy. I really appreciate your expertise on this. Hey, yeah, right. I love listening. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. And yeah, continue listening. And uh, again, any questions any week that we're talking, just give us a shout. Oh, yeah. Well, every Tuesday between you and uh, uh, preacher um, Rick Bernier, yep. I'm all set. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Rick, yeah, Rick just came in. He's out. Uh, he'll be on in about uh, 25 minutes. So awesome. Well, Jim, thank yeah, you very much excellent. for calling. You're welcome, Joe. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you very much for calling in. And um, we like it when folks call in to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show with questions about real estate. In this case, it was about a new landlord. Um, and, you know, again, this is something that happens frequently. People don't know what rights do I have as a landlord, as a tenant, when ownership changes. I'm the new owner. What can I do with these tenants? Okay. You're a tenant. How do I find out who my new landlord is? These are legitimate questions. And um, you have certain rights. You know, the landlord tenant law in Rhode Island, um, the tenants have a lot of, um, you know, they're, they're, they have a lot of chips on their side of the table when it comes to going against the landlord. The landlords need to be uh, and as it should be, they need to be at the top of their game to provide adequate housing that complies with the minimum housing requirements set forth in your municipality, your city, your town. Um, and they have those for a reason. And now if you have um, Section 8 you know, there's a specific set of guidelines that the home must comply with. 
Okay, and they actually, uh, Section 8 folks will come in and they will inspect the apartment prior to uh, approving it. Okay, and Section 34.18.23 in the Landlord-Tenant Law is appropriate. Limitation of liability upon the sale or change of management. So a landlord who sells the premises okay, that have a tenant in place, okay, subject to a rental agreement, uh, and to a genuine purchaser is relieved of any liability under the rental agreement with that tenant, okay? Um, In no event may the relief from the liability predate the conveyance. So if, let's say, the landlord uh, was supposed to get something done prior to closing, the closing happens and the repair was not made or the or cured uh, the landlord is still liable for that repair for that deficiency okay even though he or she no longer owns the building they still have to pay to get that done all right um, a manager of the premises that has um, a rental unit is relieved of liability under the, under the rental agreement um, as to events occurring after written notice to the tenant of the termination of his or her management. So if the property manager is basically no longer involved, no longer managing the property, they are relieved of any liability to rectify any issues regarding building codes. Okay? So essentially... If you are the owner of a property or the property manager of a property, you are responsible to rectify any issues regarding the housing code up until the closing. After that, you are no longer responsible for those issues. But you're still responsible for the issues that existed prior to. Okay. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, And again, this does not, the tenant's rights and duties under the existing rental agreement are not um, affected by anything in this section. And the purchase of the property um, containing four or fewer dwelling units takes title subject to the same rights and responsibilities toward the tenant that the seller had. So that means... The seller sells the building with a lease in place for tenant on the third floor. And we have a transaction that uh, this is actually happening with. The new owner has to honor that existing lease. Okay. Now I want to read these things here. It's a a list and I apologize in advance if it's going to be a little bit boring. But um, it's ten things that a tenant must do to maintain a dwelling unit, okay, an apartment. One, comply with all obligations imposed upon tenants by provisions of the building and housing codes that affect health and safety. Two, keep the part of the premises that they rent clean and safe as the condition of the premises permit. Three, get rid of trash, garbage, rubbish, waste in a clean and safe manner from your unit. So don't just take it out of your unit and throw it in the hall or out onto the front steps. It has to be put in a trash receptacle. 
Okay. Four, keep all plumbing fixtures in the dwelling unit or used by the tenant clean as their condition permits. So don't let toilets and showers and bathtubs get really disgustingly dirty or kitchen sinks. Okay. Um, use electrical, plumbing, sanitary heating, ventilating, air conditioning, and other appliances in a reasonable manner. Don't abuse it. Don't break things. Don't treat them poorly. Okay. Use it in the way that it was intended to be used. Use a toilet, put the seat and the cover down. Don't slam it down. When you close the door on the dishwasher, close it gently. Don't slam it closed. Don't slam the cabinet doors closed. Don't kick walls. Okay. Tenant shall not. This is number six. Deliberately or negligently destroy, deface, damage, impair, or remove any part of the premises or permit any person to do so. So you can't have a party and then one of your party goers, one of your party attendees, trashes, puts their fist through a wall and trashes your kitchen cabinet doors and say, well, it wasn't me. It was that guy. That's your responsibility as the tenant. Okay. Seven, the tenant shall conduct himself or herself and require other people to conduct themselves in a manner that will not disturb your neighbor's right to peaceful enjoyment of the premises. So if you live on the second floor, you need to be mindful that there's someone on the first floor who may be trying to sleep or has kids that may be trying to sleep or whatever the case may be. Okay. Number eight, refrain from using any part of the premises that would constitute maintaining of a narcotics nuisance. Okay. Nine, um, you cannot use any part of the facility for manufacture, sale, or delivery of a controlled substance or from processing on the premises or any property thereby, i.e., the yard or a structure in the yard or a vehicle in the yard uh, with the intent to manufacture or sell, manufacture, sell, or deliver a controlled substance that's classified as a Schedule 1 or a Schedule 2 drug. Okay? So you can't deal in drugs out of a, your apartment. You cannot manufacture, process, um, deal, deliver anything out of your apartment or the property at large. And number 10, the tenant shall refrain from any crime of violence on the premises or on any public property adjacent to said premises. So you can't live in the building here on 123 Main Street and go across the street and assault people. Okay, a crime of violence means... Um, any of the following crimes or an attempt to commit any of the following crimes. Murder, manslaughter, arson, rape, sexual assault, mayhem, kidnapping, assault with a dangerous weapon, assault, or battery involving grave bodily injury, and a felony assault with intent to commit any felony, any offense. So you can't do any of those things in the building nor on a property adjacent to the building. So basically, you need to be a good, upstanding human being, which is what we all want our tenants to be. All right. So let's see. You're listening to the Joe Luca Real Estate Show, by the way. It's about uh, 12 minutes before the hour. We are right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 AM. 
you have any questions, call us, 401-769-0600 or 1-800-949-9674. And we'll put you on the air and answer questions. We're kind of coming towards the end of uh, the landlord-tenant document that we've been reviewing tonight. And we're talking about access right now. Uh, a tenant, this is section 341826. A tenant shall not re- unreasonably withhold consent to the landlord to enter into the dwelling unit in order to inspect the premises, make repairs, decorate, alterate, improve, or supply necessary or agreed services, or exhibit the dwelling to prospective or actual purchasers, mortgagees, tenants, workers, or contractors. So this means if you are a tenant and you can't stand your landlord because he or she is a jerk, you cannot, if they say, hey, I would like to show the apartment to a buyer the day after tomorrow, which is more than 48 hours away, you need to permit them to have access. Now, of course, we're coming out of COVID. If someone is sick or recovering from COVID, that is a legitimate expense, legitimate excuse to say, hey, you know what? I, I'm going to need five days because I'm just getting over COVID. I don't want to spread it. But you cannot, quote unquote, unreasonably withhold consent to the landlord to enter into your apartment or your house, whatever the space is that you're renting. The landlord may enter the unit without consent if the tenant of the tenant in case of emergency or during an absence of the tenant in excess of seven days if it's reasonably necessary for the protection of the property. So if you're on vacation... And you've been out of the apartment for eight days. The landlord can't go in just to be nosy and look and see what you're doing and how clean you are. Unless they have a legitimate reason to do so. Okay. The landlord, as we said in the first item, has legitimate reasons to, in, to come into your apartment or a, a, a rental unit. A landlord has no other rights besides those except if it's pursuant to a court order or the tenant has abandoned or surrendered surrendered the premises. Okay. Now, tenant to use and occupy. Unless otherwise agreed, a tenant shall use his or her dwelling unit only as a dwelling unit. So you can't rent an apartment and use it as a place to run a business. Okay, so you can't run a massage parlor out of your apartment. You can't, um, I can't think of another reason, thing you would want to run, business you'd want to run out of an apartment (coughs) that you didn't live in. Uh, The rental agreement may require that the tenant notify the landlord of any anticipated extended absence from the premises in excess of 10 days, no later than the first day of the absence. Okay, so you're going to go away, see the family in the old country for 30 days, let the landlord know. And you may even want to say, hey, landlord, can you go in and water my plants for me so they don't die? Then the landlord can go in, make sure there isn't a faucet leaking, make sure there's no water coming in through the window you left open, making sure you didn't leave the iron on, things like that. So there are lots of things that it may... You know, the old thing, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. So if you can 
have a good relationship with your landlord and they can check in on the apartment when you're away. You can let them in when they're showing the apartment either to rent it after you move out. Now, of course, if you're getting evicted, you know, then um, you may not be very, you may not have much of a desire to be compliant. All right. So now non-payment of rent, if any part of the rent is due and is more than 15 days late, the landlord shall send a written notice saying the amount of rent, which is 15 days late, <coughs> and the landlord needs to demand the rent, and then notify the tenant that unless he or she cures the breach within five days, that means unless you pay your late rent within five days of the date of the mailing of the notice. So if I mail the notice today on June 7th and you get it on June 9th, it's five days from the 7th, not the 9th. Okay. Um, if you don't do that now, the rental agreement shall terminate. You are in violation of the rental agreement and the landlord can begin an eviction action. So let's say you're in your third month of a 12-month lease. You're more than 15 days late. You get the, the demand notice from the landlord and you do not pay your back rent within that five days. You are now in violation of your rental agreement. So you do, technically you don't have a, a lease anymore. Unless you cure that. Now, if you're in a situation like that, you would need to consult with a, an attorney. Because, again, we are talking about landlord-tenant law at a, a kind of a high level, a conversational level. This is not legal advice and should not be construed as legal advice. We're just sharing information for you, the consumer, to be aware of what what rights are available to you as a landlord or as a tenant? Uh, if you have any specific questions, again, you should consult with an attorney. If you don't know what attorney to consult with, give us a call at the Luca and Murano team, 401-232-4300. We can certainly make a recommendation to you for a good uh, attorney, depending on whether you're a landlord or a tenant. <clears throat> All right. Uh, yes, the Luca and Murano team at REMAX Preferred. We work with buyers and sellers in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. If you have any questions about a home, if you've inherited a home um, and you don't know what to do with it, we can certainly give you some guidance on how to prepare it for sale. We can certainly list the home for you and help you sell it. Um, again, don't hesitate to give us a call. My direct dial number is 401-580-9797. So that was a quick commercial for the Luca and Murano team at Remax Preferred. Now, getting back to our landlord-tenant law in the last uh, few minutes of the show. So, if the defendant files his or her answer and commences discovery prior to the hearing, okay, and it appears for good cause shown that the defendant will not be able to conduct his or her defense without the benefit of discovery, the court may continue the hearing. So, I think if you are going to court, it's probably in your best interest to have an attorney because you have to assume that the other side, the other guy, whether it's a landlord or the tenant, is going to have an attorney. And you don't want to go there and stand in front of the judge and look like a fool because you are not prepared and you are not knowledgeable of the law. Okay. So the tenant shall have the right to cure the failure to pay rent by tendering the full amount of rent prior to commencement of the suit. So... They'd make the demand letter within five days, and then you're supposed to go to court, but you get the money together before you go to court. 
you pay all of the money then. If the tenant has not received a notice pursuant to the subsection A of this section, within the six months immediately preceding the filing of the action, the tenant shall have the right to cure the failure by paying rent. So as long as you're not doing this more than once a year, you can do that. Okay. Eviction for non-compliance with the rental agreement. So, again, your rental agreement provides how you should behave and things that you as a tenant need to do and you as a landlord need to do. Uh, If the tenant does not do what what they're supposed to do, you can be evicted for non-compliance with the rental agreement. Okay. And I'm going to spare you going through this section because there's a lot of uh, legal verbiage here that is kind of boring. Um, And it's the type of thing that you really should consult with an attorney if that's the case, if you get to that situation. Uh, If you're not paying the rent and you don't have a legitimate excuse um, for not paying the rent, you need to probably get prepared to, uh, to relocate. Okay. So I want to thank the sponsors of the Joe Luca Real Estate Show. Uh, GMET's Moving and Storage. GMET's Moving and Storage. The best move you'll ever make. 401-383-6399. John Dolbeck and the Dolbeck team at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. 401-321-4401 is their number. Rates are going up. Interest rates are increasing. If you do not want your rate to go up, you want to refinance before, you know, to get out of a higher rate, call John Dolbeck, 401-321-4401. Maybe you need to get, um, you know, a mortgage to buy another house. Give them a call. The Dolbeck team is fantastic. Uh, they have folks that speak multiple languages there, and they're very knowledgeable with all different kinds of mortgage products. We're going to have some of his uh, loan officers on the show in the next couple of months, in particular my buddy Heath Lafort. And uh, hopefully he's listening. And, of course, our last sponsor is Beacon Title and Escrow. Anthony Betancourt, the managing partner. Rich Nicholson is the attorney partner. Uh, They do a fantastic job of educating our clients all throughout the process as well as at the closing table. Okay. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight, and uh, we'll be back next week right here on WNRI 99.9 FM, 1380 AM. And tonight, Rick Mernier is going to be up with the Old Time Preaching Ministry, uh, and he will come up, has lots of valuable information to help you enjoy your life. Okay, folks, thank you very much. Take care.